Hallelujah. And today, um, we're in John chapter 16, verse 22 or 23 <clears throat> through 33. And this is really um, a lot of teaching in this chapter. So I'll probably be doing more teaching than preaching today. Except that that altar service got me so fired up. I may, I may scream a little just, to, just for the unction of it. I don't know. Amen. Let's read John chapter 16, verse 23. And that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it um, to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in figurative language. But I'll tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you'll ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I'll leave this world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See now, you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. They were used to him teaching in parables. Now we are sure that you know all things and you have need that, uh, you have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, and now it's come that you will be scattered each to his own. You'll leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today. God, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be aligned today to the knowledge that you are putting forth in this passage of scripture god let us understand this fully while you are telling the disciples god give us insight to see lord what is happening in in the whole world at this point in time god let us see the power of god let us see the miracle lord that is taking place and father let us receive today Lord, the gift of life from the one who has overcome, the overcomer, Lord, the one that that has been tested on all ways as we have, but Lord, without sin. You are the overcomer, Father, and I worship you and I honor you and I pray today, Lord, that we would receive today exactly what the Spirit of God has brought us to this place to receive. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. I titled this sermon, Christ is Our Sure Foundation. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 19, it says, Nevertheless, the sure foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His... And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. 
are evil. Let them depart from evil. Hallelujah. In the spirit, from chapter 14 to chapter 17 is one discourse between the Father, between Jesus and his disciples. This is broken into chapter and verse, but it's one discourse. So he begins in chapter 14 talking to his disciples and goes all the way through 17. One message. So when we see a chapter, something happens in our little brains that breaks and says, oh, shift. No, no, he is not shifted. He's, he's giving this teaching to his disciples on what's fixing to happen. Now, now I'm not a scientific man, but I will tell you in the spirit world, Something so mighty is happening at this point in time, at this juncture. There's something so powerful that the only way I could relate it to you is if the earth, in the physical, it would be like the earth shifting off of its axis. Does that make sense to you? You know, God has the earth exactly where he wants it because if it shifted just a fraction, some people would burn up. From the sun, some people would freeze to death. It's in perfect alignment with the way the Lord put it there, right? So that that would be a big deal, in other words, right? That would be a big deal if the earth ever shifted. Well, in the spirit realm, there's a shift happening right here, right? They are going, they are going from the law to grace. You also need to know that the disciples are not saved at this moment. No one was saved because Jesus hadn't died. It's because Jesus dies, raises from the dead, goes to the Father, puts his blood on the mercy seat. That's when salvation was given to man, right? It was after that that he come on them and he breathed. And the Holy, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was their self, that was the disciples' salvation moment. So I'm just trying to put you into their mindset. They were still under the Old Testament covenant of the law. They still would be going to the high priest for the high priest to make atonement for them. Unfortunately, the high priest is now corrupted. So when the children of Israel was wandering in the desert, Aaron was the high priest and he was going before the Lord with sacrifices, which was an atonement for their sin. Am I getting too? But today the high priest, in this day, the high priest has become a political position. No longer did they have the power of God. It was just a, just politics which often stinks in the nostrils of God, right? So that, if you can understand that, you'll be able to understand some of this, some of this passage of scripture. Because when you first read it, it just doesn't make sense. When Jesus says, you didn't ask anything. I'm like, what, you got stupid on your forehead or something? You're walking with Jesus? For three years and you haven't asked? 
You know, I find Christians are sometimes guilty of that. (laughs) Sometimes what we call prayer is actually just a bunch of complaints. (laughs) We ain't praying, we're just complaining. Sometimes listening to people pray is like listening to the listening to Fox News. You don't have to tell Jesus what's going on in the world. He knows. Now you can say, Jesus, I'm concerned about what's happened over there in Israel. But you don't have to recite to him, Lord, did you know 248 people were killed yesterday? Yeah, he knew. Right? You don't have to tell him that. But we ought to be people of prayer. Last week we talked about, you know, the last week was a confusing portion of Scripture too. He says, in a little while, this is going to happen in a little while, this will happen. And the disciples were totally confused. And what I got from that was, we need, oftentimes, we need spiritual eyes to see what God is doing. So when I say, people came down here and people were delivered today, some of you said, how do you know that? Because my spiritual eyes have been opened. Are you understanding that? By faith, I saw something that maybe you didn't see. But I saw God descending and touching people and breaking things off of people. And if you don't believe that, don't feel sorry for me. Because <laughs> you're the one that should be sorry. Lord, give us eyes to see. Even when I don't see it, you're moving, right? Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. It's not because I got a goosebump today that I'm worshiping. It's because I know where two or three are gathered together in His name. He said, I'll be there in the midst. And I know that there were prayer of faith delivered today. And God answers prayers of faith. The the fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Hallelujah. I'm having some major difficulty. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Woo-wee. What a blanket promise. He's talking to his disciples. But I am a disciple. I'm a self-disciplined learner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you? I think we can turn that hair off now. We were, the sweat running down my back is turning into ice cubes. So, <laughs> Until now, you've asked nothing. Until now, you've not asked. That just threw me. I just didn't understand that. Why are the disciples not asking? Because their mindset is in the old way of doing things. They don't realize... That a a change is happening. See, if you don't have faith, you won't ask. But it's faith that pleases God. And every person that comes to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So you can walk in your problems and you can walk in your anxiety and you can walk in, you can walk under your abuses and drug abuse and addictions. You can walk in all of it as long as you want to. But the day you get honest with God, the day that you humble yourself with God, God will deliver you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful we're under grace? Aren't you thankful you don't have to go in a little room where a guy is sitting and, and tell him all your sins and then have him tell you what to do? No, no, that day's gone. Hallelujah. Now you go directly to the Father. Did you hear what he said? He said something like this. I'll paraphrase. Jesus says, when you go to the Father, I won't be praying for you. I won't take what you have asked and then take it to the Father, but you will go directly to the Father. Something was fixing to happen that was going to change the course of this world. Yesterday, Dale was up here and he was talking to us about going out on the street and he said something he learned in Africa. And I watched him do it. He said, um, I would encourage you to, to use this principle when witnessing to people. You tell them God's intention at the beginning. God created Adam and Eve and he placed them in a perfect environment. And he come down every day and talk to them. The Bible says in the cool of the day, God come down and talk to them. There's a debate on whether the cool of the day is the morning or the evening. You can decide which one you want. I believe it was the morning because early in the morning will I seek you. And it's wisdom that gets you out of bed and gets you seeking God so that he will direct your steps for the rest of the day. Now I know when I was a kid, I didn't pray till the evening until I went to bed. And most of my prayer went something like this. Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> I have messed up, messed up, messed up, messed up. But I find that my day goes better if I seek the Lord in the morning. Even my mind is clear in the morning so that my prayer is. But he said, so Adam had something that we did not have. They talked to God every day. He shared with them. That was destroyed when sin came into the world. That relationship was broken. But when Jesus died, that relationship has been restored. Now, you can go directly to the Father. And he says, he made two great statements. He said, you can go to the Father because the Father loves you. He knows you love me. And then the second one is, and he knows that you believe. See, salvation is not about how good you are. Salvation is not about the record keeping. Well, Lord, you know, if, matter of fact, this gets you in trouble. Well, Lord, I'm not as bad as Stanley. <laughs> and Lord knows that's true. But <laughs> You think twice about sitting on the front row. <laughs> Listen to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. I um, quoted this out of the NLT. He said, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, do you realize that in the Old Testament they had a high priest? And we have a high priest today. Our high priest has not been corrupted. And our high priest is not earthly. Our high priest is in heaven. And he tells us who he is. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. I hope you believe. I hope you believe in prayer. I hope that you believe 
that there is no situation so great that God cannot change it. You know, that is not a common belief. Many people believe that God is limited. God is not limited. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, and they are many. For he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. Now listen to verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. It is God that called his throne the throne of favor. And it's religion that has told us that God is looking to hit you with a lightning bolt. That God is wanting to always correct you and God is, God will get you for that. I remember hearing my aunt tell her children that. God will get you for that. God is not itching to get you. God is itching to bless you. And that's why he said we can come boldly. He didn't say come sheepishly. Oh God, it's, it's me again. Don't, don't hit me, don't hate me. That's the way a lot of Christians pray. See, they don't know who they are. See, if you understand that you're a son and a daughter, you'll come boldly to the throne. Your kids, they think you can do anything when they're small. And they think you can purchase anything. How many of your kids, if you told them, well, I don't really have the money for that. Back in my day, our kids would just say, well, just write a check. <laughs> and we did that and Treva went to jail for three days. No, <laughs> that, that was a lie. <laughs> he says, let us come boldly to the throne and there we will receive mercy Hallelujah. And we will find grace to help us in our time of need or when we need it the most. Grace and mercy, not discipline. Grace and mercy. Christian, listen to me. When you mess up royally, when you really, really, really blow it, don't stay out of His presence. Run into His presence. Because you are His son and daughter. And He loves you. you. You get what I'm saying? He wants to restore you. He will forgive you. And He will put you back on the right path. So why the change? Listen to Jesus' word in verse 25. He said, In that day you'll ask in My name, and I do not say that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father Himself loves you. Paul said at one point, he said, Oh, I wish you knew the love of God. I wish you knew the breadth and the length and the height of how much. We do not understand. The closest we get to it is when we hold our children. You remember that? You remember when your wife came home from the hospital with a newborn and you held that baby in your hand? And no matter how old they are, how ugly they've got, or what they have done, you wouldn't think twice about giving your life for that child. Right? Why? That's the closest we can get to understanding the love of God towards you. 
Why is this not preached? Do you know it's not the anger of man that causes people to repent? It is the love of God. The world needs to know that He loves them. Said because God loves you and you have loved me and you have believed that I came from the Father. God sent His Son. Hallelujah. John 3.16 will never get old. It will never be outdated. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him, hallelujah, will have eternal life. Amen. In John chapter 3, there's a, there's a man that comes to Jesus. He's a very religious man. He's actually a, a leader in the synagogue, a leader of the Pharisees. And he comes to Jesus at night because he didn't want anybody to know. <laughs> it's sort of like going to a Pentecostal church for the first time. <laughs> Can I just slip in there and nobody know that I'm going to a Pentecostal church? I get it. I totally understand. We're just a little bit crazy. But we're crazy for Jesus. But this guy came to Jesus at night because he didn't want his peers to see him. And he calls Jesus the rabbi a good teacher. Wrong. (laughs) What do you call him? Who is Jesus to you? You see... If you believe that Jesus is a prophet, you're going to get the prophet's blessing. If you believe that he's the good teacher, you may get the teacher blessing. But if you believe that Jesus is God, you get the godly blessing. Does that make sense to you? It really does matter what you believe. You hear me? You need to believe in the goodness of God. You need to believe that God came to deliver you, set you free, put your feet on the rock. Hallelujah. And then He can heal you. So He came to Jesus and He's asking Him questions. He said, we know you're from God because nobody does the things that you're doing unless He's from God. Well, He got that right. And Jesus never answered His questions. (laughs) He just said, Nicodemus... You must be born again. As I read this passage this week, this is what was birthed in my soul. Corey Ten Boone's father uh, told her one time, he says, if a mouse falls into a cookie jar, it doesn't become a cookie. It's still a mouse. There are people that believe that just because you go to church... You're going to make it to heaven. And you're very, very wrong. And I'm not, I don't, I don't preach that. I don't say that with a smile on my face. I say it out of all the compassion that I can muster. Because I hate the fact that people treat church like some kind of self-help book. Let me talk to you for just a second. Jesus didn't come to help you. He came to save you. He came to change you and transform your life and to break what the enemy has been doing in your life to break it off. So if you're sitting in church and feeling pretty good about yourself because mom and daddy was a Christian, maybe daddy was even a preacher. 
That doesn't make you a cookie, cookie. <laughs> Does that make sense? You, just like Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, a very, very religious man. He said, you must be born again. He might as well have been speaking in French. Because Nicodemus said, what are you talking about? And he said, you must be born of water which is the natural birth, and you must be born of the Spirit, the Spirit birth. You must be born again. He said, I can't go into my, Nicodemus is an old man, I can't go back into my mama's womb. And Jesus at that point reached across the table, slapped him, and said, <laughs> Kelleher edition, and said, Nicodemus, you are a leader, and you don't understand this very simple thing jesus came to restore your relationship with the father and to do that he had to open your spirit up and so when you get born again you're born of water the first birth when you get born again it's jesus opening up your spirit to become a new creature in christ have you noticed though that even when you're born again, your brain don't act like it sometimes. You ever met anybody that you knew they got saved and they still cuss like a sailor? Bless the sailor's hearts. We always say that, don't we? You know, somebody, I was texting somebody this week and I said, hey, when you come over to my house, I noticed you had a black eye Wednesday night. When you come over to my house... I'm going to teach you how to duck when your wife swings, you know, with a rider. And I said, I had no idea she had such a temper. And he said, he texted me back and he said, it's only when she's drinking. <laughs> I thought, that's funny. <laughs> where was I? I don't even know where I was. <laughs> a drunk sailor. So when you get saved, God opens your spirit up. But it's the word that transforms your thoughts. That's what we would call sanctification. Sanctification is what we call a journey. See, what oh, what a lot of people think is if I get saved, I've got it all. Hallelujah. No, no. You don't understand. Salvation is the starting gate. Now, the starting gate has been opened and the journey begins. So that you're going to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And God is going to use that word to transform your thoughts. So the things that you, you see in this, we've got it. The world is really backward right now. We're calling good bad and bad good. But it's God that will speak to your hearts and say, no, no, that's really not good. That's really bad. And you need to stop this. You know, a few weeks ago, the Lord revealed to me that we had people turning to alcohol in the church instead of turning to God. And when the Lord spoke that to my heart, I didn't hear judgment. I heard compassion. The Lord wasn't saying, and I'm going to get them. No, that would be Kelleher. <laughs> the Lord says, they're missing it. I love my kids. And they're turning to a bottle 
rather than coming to... Are you understanding me? God is full of compassion. He's full of grace and mercy. He wants what's best for you. And in His Word, He changes the way we think. We call it sometimes stinking thinking, right? Thinking like a like an unsaved person. There's many, many Christians, you know, I've been saved many years and the Lord began to deal with me on something. And I said, Lord, why have you waited 30 years to talk to me about this? He said, he spoke to my heart. He said, because you couldn't have handled it 30 years ago. God is very good. Without being born again, we have no relationship with the Father. We can't go to the Lord in prayer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Come on, I, I, you need to get that. Your old life, gone. The only one that remembers it is you. I, I saw a sign one time that it's like a, a pond. And he says, your sins cast into that pond. And then Jesus posts a no fishing sign right there. Quit fishing in your past. Ain't nothing good about it. Matter of fact, the more you live in your past, the more that you will not reach your destination. He said, this is his word, not mine. I will make a new creation out of you. Old things are passed away. All things are new. Hallelujah. I say yay and amen. He says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. He's brought us back together again. Reunited. No. (laughs) Grew up in the 70s. I'm sorry. (laughs) I used to sing that to Treva when we dated. Um. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I'm sorry. (laughs) And she still married me. What's that say about her? (laughs) Who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And listen to this, because you want to know what your ministry is, I'm going to tell you. Who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, not counting their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We are to go get them. Teach them the word. Tell them God loves them. And that God will change their life. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be born again. For He made Him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I disagree with 99% of the religious people in the world today. You're not a sinner any longer. You're a saint of God. We need to get our label right. You were a sinner. But He has forgiven you. Now you need to see yourself differently. The gospel... The Word and the church is not a self-help book. You must humble yourself, repent of your sin, and ask Jesus to come into your heart. In verse 30, 
He says, now we are sure that you know all things and we believe that you came from God. This is the disciples talking to him. So we must build on the right foundation. Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Not by works, or good works, of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. He washed away our sin, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And having been justified, the simple version of that is just as if I'd never sinned, justified by his grace we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life there's a whole lot in that and i don't have time to preach it right now but i just got this to tell you what's coming later is so so good it's like get through the broccoli because dessert's gone its way right (laughs) In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Come on, folks. you, you got to get this. God didn't save you because you're good. God, let me say this. God didn't save you because you cleaned your act up. Let, let God save you, then He'll clean you up. Right? That's the journey. So church, that's a message for us. We're saved through faith. That's not of ourselves. That's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The last thing he says in this little passage of scripture is this. I would call it a prophecy. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. Anybody anywhere in this church say yay and amen? (laughs) I mean, that's life. Are you see by becoming born again, all your problems don't go away. You still gonna have problems. Matter of fact, let's not tell the Facebook people this, but I'll tell you. After you're born again, it's actually there's a target on your back now, and Satan's gonna come for you. He's gonna come for you over and over. But be of good cheer. Come on. But be up good. That's the way he ends it. Hey, you're going to have problems. You're going to face things that you're going to think there's, this is going to take me out. I can't do this. Have anybody ever said that to the Lord? I can't do this. You said you would not put anything on us that we could not handle. And I can't do this. He said, I'm not asking you to. How about you just take a chill pill and I'll do it through you. Because I'm the one that's overcome the world. So you can be a good cheer. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. There is no problem that you will ever face that panics God. There's no giant. You hear me? God's greater. God will get you through it. And when you get in that position that you say, God, I can't do this. You know, you ought to look at it from a different perspective. You know what God's really saying? 
I trust you in this. Amen. Because you can. You may think you can't, but God says, I know differently. I know you can. I will get you through it. Just trust me. I always wonder what you people on the back row look like. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> Would you stand with me? Folks, what you need to get from today's lesson is when he was talking to the disciples, he let them know that there's a shift. The greatest shift of all times was fixing to happen. That's a, that's a good old Kentucky term right there, fixing to happen. <laughs> in other words, in a little while, I'm going to the cross. But in a little while, I'm coming again. And I've overcome this world. Folks, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if it's emotional, relational, financial, spiritual. It doesn't matter. You listen to me. It doesn't matter what diagnosis the doctor gives you. You know why? Because he said... I've overcome the world. And whether you die or whether you live, you win. Now, I am not signing up for that death thing. Because <laughs> I believe he's the healer. I do. I believe God heals us. This week as I prayed for you, I've been rebuking sickness off your life. You know, I'm glad God's the healer, but I'd rather walk in health. How about you? Thank God He makes provision that He can heal you, but I want to walk in good health. I don't even believe I had to be sick when I die. I believe that I can go to bed. This is what I'm believing for. <laughs> go to sleep and wake up in heaven because he has overcome the world would you bow your head close your eyes for a very serious moment probably the most serious moment that you'll ever face in your life is this you must be born again Life happens when you get born again. And if you don't know that you know that you know that you know. I talked to somebody the other day and he said, well, I was saved when I was this age and I was baptized. And then he stopped and he said, well, I really don't know if I was saved, but I do know I was baptized. <laughs> I know I got wet. I'm going to tell you, a wet sinner comes up, a, a, you know, a wet sinner when he goes down. It doesn't change you. But salvation changes you. You must be born again. Say, Pastor, how do you do that? By a very simple prayer. Asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. And then I like to add this. 
tell him that you'll follow him. Tell him that you'll say yes when he leads you and guides you. Is there anyone here today that says, with every head closed, every head bowed, every eye closed, because this is a private moment for you and God, I just want to know who I'm praying for. Says, Pastor, when you pray this prayer, you're praying for me. I need to be born again. Anyone here at all? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. I see those hands. Amen. Anyone else? Says, Pastor, you're praying for me. I need to be born again. Amen. I see those hands. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Church, let's pray. Four people in this church said, I want to be born again. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that when one person repents and comes to God, all of heaven rejoices. Father God, I come before you right now to lead these folks in a sinner's prayer. Father, I ask you, Lord, let their words come out of their heart and mouth and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me that new creation in Christ where the old things are gone and the new things begin. I want to see the 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 gate open and the come off that starting block so that I can run the race that Paul set that is set before us Jesus I can't do this but you can I ask you Lord to forgive my friends right now forgive them move into their heart change their spiritual DNA give them the mind of Christ Open their ears to where they hear the voice of the Lord and restore that relationship that Adam and Eve had. God, now they speak to you as sons of God. God, receive these four people into the kingdom today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Denny. We got four new siblings today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Love, 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 love when that happens. Wonderful. Uh, real quick, a few announcements. Don't forget the... Uh, the Valentine's Banquet's this weekend, so there are still tickets available, correct? Okay, so uh, see one of the youth if you want to get a ticket, if you hadn't got one already. Uh, uh, let me see what else. Oh, uh, we had 17 people fill out the paperwork to become members of Bridge of Hope this past week or two, so praise the Lord for that. God is good. There were one or two that we were kind of iffy about, but we finally decided to let them in. Figure, what's the worst that could happen, right? No, no we're, we're happy to have you. We're, uh, the board, we're all real excited about, about everybody. So uh, if, you, if you haven't filled out that paperwork, you want to you wanna say, I'm committed to Bridge of Hope. This is where I get fed. This is where uh, God has placed me. This is the part of the body God has placed me in. 
uh, see Pastor uh, Sherry Marlin, somebody get the paperwork, fill out. It's uh, the, we'll waive the application fee for this month. So, uh, as a special gift, no. Uh, but you just fill out. Uh, but don't forget, because we have our uh, annual business meeting, which is always a, a huge amount of fun, but our annual business meeting is next month. Uh, if you're a member, you have the ability to vote on, on stuff. So, uh, it's very important. Um, I think that's, that's all the announcements. Anyone that I missed, they're in the bulletin, so make sure you have a bulletin. Uh, so raise your hand. Receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Now go in peace and serve the Lord. God bless.